Welcome, y'all. Y'all listening to Here. Horsey embraces the anxious ride. And I'm your host, Horace. Over 4 million American workers quit their jobs each month in 2022. Mental health problems are increasing rapidly. And surveys show, according to Forbes, showing that employees prefer to look for jobs that put mental health into consideration. So why is that? What is happening? What is going on in the world? I know the COVID pandemic happened, but hey, is it only because of COVID that this mental health spree came to be? Let's talk about burnout. Once again, I am not a licensed therapist, just being born Asian American from my personal experiences with diagnosed ADHD, anxiety, and just feeling lost from time to time. This podcast is meant to give you a safe space, an area to share optimism in this day and age. I'm just here to hear, and we're here to embrace the anxious ride together. So first off, what is categorized as burnout? ADHD or not, we all experience burnout at least once in our lives. It's actually different from job stress. Burnout is categorized as losing motivation and enthusiasm in your work and whatever creative project you're doing and just in general taking no more pleasure in doing it. Your creativity is completely shot and you continue to have negative feelings at work. For example, you just think that, oh, I'm not useful. I don't want to do this. You try to find other tasks to do. Also feel like you're just not a useful employee and you're just better off fired. So just to recap, according to Forbes, there are four main symptoms outlined in one of their articles in 2023. Number one, you feel depleted of energy. You feel exhaustion and fatigue. Number two, an overall increased mental distance from the job. You're daydreaming all the time and you just don't are not mentally there. Number three, you feel negative and cynicism towards your job. And number four, of course, just overall reduce professionalism, reduce efficacy in your work, and you don't want to do it. And you just don't perform as well as you used to. And that's all just the mental part of it. There could be physical symptoms too of burnout. I've actually experienced a lot of digestive problems, not going to lie. When I was stressed out, I was constipated for a whole week. It's pretty bad. So besides digestive problems, you can have high blood pressure. You can easily get sick because you don't sleep well. That relates to also insomnia, headaches, fatigue. All of these are physical symptoms that can be really detrimental because once you feel sick and you're physically not well, you don't want to do your work because you can't because you're feeling weak and it is just a spiral from there. So we just went through some symptoms and stuff, but hey, that's a lot. But how does burnout happen? I feel like you probably already know how burnout happens. Don't forget. It's different from work stress, which is why I want to emphasize that work stress is more manageable events. It's more like, let's say, for example, you have a tight timeline for a project that you're leading. So you need to make that timeline. So you rush to do it. But once that timeline is over, well, you're done. You succeeded and you celebrate that small victory or big victory if it's a big project and you get promoted. That's great. 
And stress is usually more manageable because it's just one or two events and you have techniques to learn how to deal with that stress. You can get those techniques from life coaches or therapy. Now, burnout is more extreme because this happens when there's just too much built-up stress. For example, you have constant running deadlines and projects, which that tends to happen from time to time in certain companies, especially startups, because everything is a push. Everything is a gung-ho. We got to do it ASAP, which makes sense because you are a business overall and you're trying to compete with other companies. But for example... Let's say you have a big deadline, you meet it, and then, oh my gosh, you have another one, and then another one builds off when you're still working on another project, and then you never get the time to mentally, let's say, chill, or mentally just feel, you basically never get a chance to mentally collect yourself before moving on to the next stressful thing. And if this keeps going on and on and on, do you see the difference there? Basically, burnout happens when there's too much stress and too many stressful events happening on and on and on, and it's never properly managed. That's how burnout happens. Now, burnout can happen to anybody. I've experienced burnout before. You definitely experienced burnout. I'm pretty sure you have experienced burnout before. And it's very unfortunate that that has to happen. However, I'm here to also talk to the folks with ADHD. So if you have ADHD, this one goes out to you because I've definitely experienced it. Because I want to say burnout hurts people with ADHD. It's bad. Because number one, our emotional regulation, our frontal lobe is already small. (laughs) It's already poor. So what happens if we constantly get criticism? Let's say, for example, you're at work. You have these deadline projects and then your manager ends up being or the project manager is not very supportive or the project manager is rushing for you to complete it and never celebrates your small victories and just says, hey, when's the project thing? Where's the data? How come the presentation is not done yet? Where's the file for blah, 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 blah. And then all this criticism You know where criticism goes and triggers our negative spiral and then we just keep going down and down and down because we never get some kind of positive affirmation. So, well, no kind of praise, nothing. Then, well, with our type of emotional regulation, we might explode. That's the worst case scenario. For some people with ADHD too, some people just have a job because it's a job. They just need the paycheck. They need to get paid to support their family. Their lifestyle, their loved ones, everyone's life is different. Some people's just not passionate about the work that's being done. And if you're already not motivated to do the work in the first place, you already know what that spells for ADHD. You're not motivated. You're just there for the money. And then if burnout happens, then you get even less motivated to do the job. When you're already not motivated to do it, then you really don't want to do it. Then you might take days off all the time. You might slack off at work. You're always on your phone. You take long poop breaks because you don't want to do work. That will happen. Those those could be signs of burnout. And not to mention losing focus at work. That's so prevalent with people with ADHD. It's already hard for you to pay attention to stuff. It's already tough for you to maintain attention to stuff that you don't truly care about. And so if we're not motivated, then it's even worse. Because with burnout, sometimes we just really aren't motivated. And then voila. Out the door, we don't want to do the work anymore. And then there goes our performance. That's not good. Don't worry. There are ways to conquer burnout. And 
try to feel motivated again. It's not a guarantee that these techniques will work for you because everyone is different, but these are just several tips that I've definitely used before and that many therapists, life coaches, and online articles actually suggest these techniques to help you succeed in the workplace. So first off, if you're comfortable with your supervisor, your mentor, your manager, or whoever is leading you and guiding you at your workplace, talk to them about your problems. Tell them how you are doing, what you are feeling at the moment, and why you feel burnt out. Because if you bring that to their attention, and if you have a close relationship with them, or if you're comfortable sharing with them, they will. it's also part of their job to realize, oh, this is what my employee is feeling. Why are they feeling this way? And they'll try to get to the source of the problem and try to tackle it and work with you to succeed. If you are not comfortable with it, you can go to HR. That's a different type of story. I've never truly gone to HR before in my company, so I can't really speak to how that process works. But you can go to HR because that's their main job. HR stands for Human Resources. They're there to take care of any complaints you have with certain coworkers or whatnot. But I don't have much experience there, so I'm not going to really talk about it. But a second thing you can do is just overall look for less stressful positions and tasks. If you really don't like the job that you're doing, the position that you hold, maybe you can look elsewhere or look for something else to do within the company. You can try to see if there's a project that you can work on that will potentially motivate you more. You can talk to your mentor or supervisor about that. Of course, this is a very common one, but I feel like people tend to forget. I forget all the time, especially because I work in a lab right now, is to just take regular breaks. Some people forget to take breaks because they're just in a rush. There's like so much to do, so much going on. And then suddenly four hours pass. It's happened to me before. I've gone five, six hours without taking a pee break at all. That's not good for you. Biologically, that will wreck your bladder if you keep doing that on and on. Just taking regular breaks is very helpful. Setting reminders, maybe on your smartwatch, if you have one on your phone, everyone has a phone nowadays. Set like an alarm to say just, hey, take a five minute walk, have a water break, have a bio break. It's important to take those regular breaks because then that helps reset your brain and then also resets your whole body and you physically feel better. Let's backtrack a bit. You can also consider the whole big picture where you consider a career path early on that fulfills your life values. Life values is extremely important and finding those out earlier than later is very important as outlined from some of my therapy sessions before because those life values are what drives you as a person as you live through life. And so maybe finding a career path that helps you fulfill those life values, perhaps it can give you much more positive motivation and encourages you to go to work and do your work because now you're not just doing it for the paycheck or the money, but you're also doing it because it fulfills your life values and in turn potentially increases your dopamine. And that's what people with ADHD need. And then some things to also help you on the physical side of things, because those were just like mental. Well, I guess regular breaks is also physical, but hey, eating healthy, exercising often, it increases your endorphins, body's natural painkiller, going to bed at more regular times, less screen time, stop scrolling through too much social media. And of course, there's another obvious one, 
mental health day off. This is very encouraged by work the full workforce nowadays. It's all good to take a mental health day off because sometimes we just need it. Just take a day off, spend some time hiking or doing something that is totally not work related. It will help you down the line. I'm just speaking from the employee point of view right now, but there are ways also where managers can help employees burn out. So if you are a manager at your position right now, I read a couple articles and Forbes outlined some methods managers can follow to avoid employees from burning out. So I'm going to give you a couple and maybe even as employee, you can find these useful and bring these up to your mentor or manager if you feel like it. But according to Forbes, the number one is to recognize all your employees' strengths and utilize what they're good at. That's very important because you don't want to force them to just fulfill a role. You want them to succeed too. You want your employees to succeed. And so in the end, you succeed as a manager because you're able to bring them to success. And by utilizing their strengths, Make them feel good in what they're doing and own up to those tasks and projects. And in the end, they succeed. You look successful as a manager and it will look good and reflect positively on you. And another one is pretty obvious too. Just remove abusive managers or employees. If there are toxic managers and employees at the workplace, I don't know about your company's policy, but quite honestly, if you're able to detect those behaviors, it might be good to immediately report that to HR or just remove them from the group because that is not healthy for a positive work environment. Number three, I sometimes use these terms interchangeably when I say manager, supervisor, coach, mentor. I feel like nowadays the workspace is trying to transition from saying manager and they're trying to say more mentor or coaches because the term mentor and a coach is there to guide you and help you succeed. Rather, a manager is just kind of more like the word is coined as like, a, I'm just managing you. I'm just making sure you're doing your work. And it just doesn't feel very good. And they want the vibe. I think nowadays workplaces are trying to get that mentor vibe where they're just like, I'm guiding you. I'm bringing you tools to succeed. Another one is... Of course, this is more and more prevalent now, but your mental well-being should always be talked about in private meetings. On your one-on-ones with your mentor nowadays, it's important to talk about how you are feeling, what emotions you are going through. If you don't want to get too much into your private life, you don't have to. That's not what I mean. What I mean is more like, how do you feel about the work right now? It's not more like, let's go over the data. It's more like, I feel like all this data put me up late at night and I feel exhausted because I didn't have time to spend with my dogs or my daughter, my son, or my loved ones, etc. These are valid things that you could bring up to your mentor. And your mentor should actively talk to you about how you are feeling. Ask you that question and start it off with, how are you? How are you feeling? And you feel comfortable enough and you develop that safe space and as a manager to talk to your employee honestly and truthfully. 
And that's how we encourage kind, supportive communities in the workplace, because with that, those employees will feel more comfortable to share, to bring up issues when they arise and not bottle things up. And it ends up being resentment. Two last reminders I want to give. First off, working less does not mean that employees will be happier at work. You have to go into the root of the problem because maybe they take a day off and they forget about everything. But then, hey, that's still working less, but doesn't mean that they're happy at work because they're not fulfilled. You need to find something that fulfills them. And that's why those life values are important. You need to find something that they're good at and what fulfills their value. And of course, the manager or the mentor is not a therapist for employees. It may seem I'm putting it that way, but they are not your therapist. As employees, we cannot use them as therapists. It's not fair for the managers to do that because their job is to make sure that they're guiding you to success at the workplace. They're not there to provide therapy for you. And that's why it's good to look for therapy outside of work if you need be. In conclusion, make sure you practice techniques some of these techniques that I outlined earlier on how to prevent burnout, because when we are under stress, you have to make an effort to realize you're under stress. And then you immediately try to manage that stress so it doesn't build up over time and become burnout. So hopefully you've learned something from my blabbering or you've just found it entertaining through my episode today about burnout, because I hope you don't experience burnout. And if you did, I hope you got through it. Because don't forget, there's always so much more in life and there's so much to do out there and to accomplish. Please consider giving me a follow or a positive rating on whatever platform you listen on. Share this with any loved ones who you know are impacted by ADHD or who you think are impacted by ADHD. You can also follow me at The Anxious Ride on Instagram. If you have topics for me to cover, any questions, comments, you can email me at theanxiousride at gmail.com. Once again, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. You could have listened to any ADHD podcast out there, but you chose to spend time with me. And for that, I am grateful. Till then, stay safe, keep the rubber side down, and let's enjoy the anxious ride. I'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.